0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Women's Wisdom Wednesdays, where we come together every Wednesday to empower women, foster connections, and thrive on our journey to surviving womanhood. I'm Casey Conrad, well-being specialist and whole life coach, and my beautiful
1: co-host. Hi, and I'm Bianca, and I'm also a coach here at the
0: Surviving Womanhoods. Wonderful. So today we have a very special guest joining us and her name is Sarah Gordon. I've known Sarah for a few years now. Sarah owns a beautiful shop in Mount Pleasant, Iowa called Holistic Gypsies. And she'll tell you a little bit more about that and how you can find her at Holistic Gypsies. But Sarah is here to share with us her incredible story. But before we bring her on, I just want to take a moment to invite you all to be joining us every Wednesday right here. When we are bringing on women, we're finding resources, connecting with other women, and we're going to be keeping you up to date with all of our upcoming episodes. You can find us again any day at Facebook, Surviving Womanhood ladies choice you can also find us on our website with a lot more information and a great blog every week and that is www.survivingwomanhood.org and again there are lots of other resources there some of our other offerings so please have a look at your leisure And we want to also encourage you to actively participate during this session, asking questions, adding comments, and if you have a story to share, we would love to hear about it. Okay, and just to let everyone know, this is a safe space to learn and for us to grow together. So now, let's meet Sarah Gordon. Sarah has been married to John, her husband, who is a lovely man for 10 years. She's the mother of two amazing kids, Eric and Kai. And she has a beautiful toddling grandson. And your grandson's name is what? Ryder. Ryder. He's a good guy. He He is gorgeous. So Sarah opened her business, Holistic Gypsies, five years ago. And she has just recently, actually in the last week or so, opened a brand new location, which I was lucky enough to visit a couple of days ago. And it is so beautiful. And so anybody that's in this area, I would recommend that you stop by because Sarah has lots of fun stuff to look at and her place is beautiful and it feels so warm and welcoming. So Sarah... Has been addiction free for 11 years. So let's everybody give Sarah a hand. Mm-hmm. That's an amazing accomplishment. Well done, Sarah. So, is there anything else about you, Sarah, that you would like to share with all of us? Mm-hmm.
2: Well, before not we really. get it, before <laughs> not really, I mean, we could talk all day, but <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: All right, well, let's just dive in then. So can you share with all of us and the audience watching some of the challenges that you encountered during your transition after being in rehab, what drove you there, you know, when you knew that it was time for you to make a change and how you managed then from there to create a successful business
2: and a successful family life okay well and actually um, my I'll just start from the beginning my addiction actually started very early so around the age of 16 17 I really I started you know party a little bit I think it had a lot to do with um like self-esteem issues. Um, things like, you know, um, I had been diagnosed, um, with some, you know, depression and things like that. And, um, I, that's where I kind of found my, my, uh, way, my outlet, you know, didn't worry about things, um, started out fun, uh, but, um, and that ended up, that ended up uh, being probably for about 10 years, um, well. But when I was 25 was the first time I, 26 was the first time I went to rehab uh, facility. And I didn't, I didn't, uh, wasn't really rehab. I think I ended up doing like four different rehabs after that. Um, So it was a long drawn out process at the age of 32 um, was when I was in an active addiction again. Um, And I went into a rehab facility um and at that time i had went um it was a committal so it wasn't my choice uh, to do it so i can say that when i i can honestly can say when i went in i didn't have any any long-term goals about actually staying clean <laughs> um i had a uh, I was kind of there, used to the re, used to the process of going in, taking some time to uh, go, you know, take some time off of it. Um, but it was definitely my, it was my end. <laughs> I, I had actually gotten sick. I had actually gotten sick, so we, um, spent, um, a lot like the next four or five months in hospital, um, myself and. I had my mother, my family was around. uh, And when I got done with all that, I actually learned how to walk again, metaphorically speaking. And in reality, like I had to learn how to redo everything. Um, So my recovery was kind of long and drawn out um, due to medical issues that came about with my addiction. So I really like opened the door.
0: Sarah, I want to ask you something for other people that are are out there watching. Maybe some of them have had some of this experience. Would you say that the multiple times in and out of rehab is a common thing for people um, where, you know, where they go in and they come back out and and they don't stay clean for long? I think it's
2: huge. And I think um, I think that each time we gain tools, um we gain tools that maybe um that just kind of like start sticking with us. but it's a there's a lot of pressure on not relapsing. And then once you do it, I feel like that's like I did it. I might as well just go I'm, I'm you know, I might as well just do it, um do what I want now or whatever. Uh, I can handle it. We can always handle it until we can't handle it. Um and then we end up back in. Uh, and that was, that was definitely, um, a process for me for about 10, about, well, I was 32 when I, the last time I went in. So about seven years, um, I was in and out and, and, uh, and it just, I think each time we learn a little bit more and then, and then like, when we're ready, we're ready. Um, uh, and what do you think was the
1: tiny way for you, it was 11 years ago what was different then when you went in went to rehab that time than other times um
2: my addiction had gotten really really out of control um that time i uh, i had actually started uh using um using iv um drugs this time so basically when i when i uh i just spiraled really fast and uh and i my parents actually i had gotten sick i had gotten sick with pneumonia at the time and it had showed up in my system um and i what i am a mother of two so i did have children i always kind of thought that i was a functioning addict until i wasn't um and so so that time that time i'd actually gotten an infection uh it went to my heart um endocarditis so I got an infection in my heart um my liver my liver was shutting down my kidneys had shut down um so I had um I was in rehab at the time and they they actually said that when they took me to the doctor I was John Deere yellow jaundice had set in um they really were not giving my parents my parents and my family hope that I would make it through um I had to get my infection under control before I could have heart surgery to replace a heart valve and um so I was on dialysis I was on a lot of you know I really really was almost didn't make it so that's the difference that time compared to the rest of times that I had been in and out um it was really severe I had I it was my death and rebirth, I guess, for sure. Um, so that was huge. <laughs> it was yeah. like you're not doing this no more, whether you want to or not. Uh the doctors didn't actually them what um as an addict. They came in they came in um multiple times before they even did my heart surgery. Um not wanting not wanting to really even do it because they um they kind of thought that I was gonna just turn around and go back and use again and so I literally had to make doctors promises but but that was it like you know that I that I was going to take advantage of of my new heart valve and and yeah it certainly sounds like
1: you have and how did you navigate that afterwards how have you now how do you feel you've been able to manage to turn those things around because it's no, I mean it's no small thing. You've, what you've so, managed, achieved is, is phenomenal.
2: It's huge, huge. Yeah, no, actually, um, when I left the hospital, I was um, still in this. St- so my frame of mind uh, came way later. Um, it was a matter of just staying clean because I had to because I, I was sick. I was really really sick and then um I remember just laying in in bed and I like my faith that kind of my faith was kind of not there I was I had depression really bad um I remember just kind of being like I need direction um kind of just sitting in silence a lot and you know really sitting with myself and being like, I need direction. I need some help here. I don't know which way to go. And I kind of, and I felt like things just kind of started turning at that point. Um, I was started to look into ways of getting off me- and medications. I had realized at that point, I became really numb. Like my cognitive thinking, my um, I wasn't happy. I wasn't sad. I wasn't. I was just at this managed monotone level and I felt like I was going nowhere um so I was in therapy at the time um and I just I remember coming back from therapy one day just being like I don't have feelings like I my like I I don't feel much you know like my heart was literally like broken uh and um so I started listening to motivational speakers, uh, Joyce Myers. Like I remember sitting there like, man, one day I probably should be a motivational speaker, you know, um, things like that. And uh, but it's just it was a long road to get there. Um, I started just kind of at that time I was on 30 medications. I was still on probably um, 10 medications for Spike. Uh, multiple things from my heart um pain medications uh lots of things and being an addictive personality and feeling that numbness I felt like this probably isn't a good idea um so I started take I started getting a little tired of being at doctor's appointments and picking up medications I also had at that time um, Helm, even home health nurses. I got to the point where I couldn't take care of myself, couldn't take care of my kids. You know, um, I just felt like it was time to take my life back. Yeah, that's fantastic, and that
0: that's so much. That was a long that was a long road. So again, this is going to be so helpful for other women out there, um, that are going through something similar. And i just want to take a moment and and bianca do we have anybody out there with us
1: we have some people watching we don't have i don't have any questions okay
0: so hello to all of you welcome and thank you again if you have any comments or if you have any questions we will be happy to answer them if you're watching this on replay please add your questions and I will get them to Sarah and Sarah will answer those questions for you and I'll get back to you. Okay. So, uh, we have another question for you, Sarah. (laughs) Yeah. So Sarah would, if, 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 what advice
1: would you have for women that have, are going or have going, are going to go through a similar sort of process? What kinds of advice could you offer somebody?
2: The biggest thing that I, that I keep, um that I have to remind myself is that something that I'm feeling right now, sit with it, sit, give yourself like five minutes, give yourself just any time because that might that feeling can pass. Um as long as you're long as you're still here, your story's not over. Um there were times where I was very suicidal um and depression really bad addiction deep in addiction where I seen evil like like I remember laying in my bed like seeing like black masses just crawling up my walls, you know, at that time I just felt like dark that, you know, I've been in the darkness. And as long as Denise can sit in the dark, we can find our light. Um and then it and then he'll probably be it's giving someone else advice one day. Like honestly, just kind of Give yourself grace. I know um, life can be hard. We can get ourselves into messes at times, or just stress. Um, something that I deal with a lot is is intrusive thoughts. Um, I wake up even in the morning. I even where I'm at now, I struggle with it. Um, my brain will be like, for some reason, going off on me. Like as soon as I wake up in the morning, and I have to take control of those th- thoughts, I have to be like okay <laughs> that's not my present moment that's not my reality so um i think it's really important to just really talk to somebody um or just really think we you know just really direct your redirect your thinking um as much as you can whether it's turning on youtube for a for a minute just to listen to some calming calming meditation music um Whether you're, you know, if you're religious, open your, you know, open your Bible. If you're, if you do tarot cards, maybe do a tarot, you know, tarot um, affirmations. Just kind of identify why you're feeling the way you are, and then then you can start like, I feel like coming to a solution instead of just really being hard on yourself and um getting intertwined with those thoughts. So on that same line, Sarah,
0: um, how might you guide or direct women to who are in this, like preparing or planning for a transition? Like you know, they're they're feeling ready to go to rehab, and um, you know, and maybe they've had that same experience. They've been there before, and they come out, and it's it's not worked. But what can you? How can you guide them or coach them to effectively prepare for the transition and to something, maybe a few tools you learned that can ensure for them a successful and
2: fulfilling recovery? I think the biggest part and would be to have an open mind. Um, Go set maybe a goal for yourself, keep open minds, Keep an open mind of what you can learn. I know when um, going into these facilities, you, sometimes you're being talked at. You're being like, you have a schedule. You have it's all new. Like I personally, um, it was really hard for me because at that time when I went in, it was like you now have a bedtime. You have um, you know it's structured, and a lot of a lot of people that are on that level of addiction or even, you know, even just mental, like I've been in psych wards before. Um, we don't do well with structure. We don't do well with, with, uh, being told these things. And if we have a, such a closed mind that we can't, um, listen and, and understand why they're trying to tell us the things that they're telling us, uh, the counselors, the, the, um, You know, people in there um, make friends too. like, (laughs) you know, like, uh, just go in with an open heart, open mind, because it can change your life. If you go in with a closed mind, you're going to get, you're going to get what you put into it. Honestly, if you like everything, if you everything, you're going to get what you put into your work, your mental um, relationships, everything. If you were then able to
1: go back uh and revisit that and do that again would you do it would you do something differently in hindsight it's a wonderful thing isn't it but is there things
2: you would you would you would perhaps tackle in a different way or do differently? That's really that's, that was one of the questions that I like I've had to I've had to understand and I have to say no because I've had to understand what I had to go through I had to go through it um i had to go through each time of relapse i had to go through each like horrible relationship men what you know men wise uh my inner my fights, my demon my personal demons i've had to that's just how i ha i had to go through it to be where i'm at and you have to you have to just do it <laughs> yeah and so i can't say now you know i know there was many times where i definitely would have been like oh yeah I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have caught, got caught doing that. I wouldn't have, you know. But no, like it, you know. I have. I get triggered very easily. I have. I have incidents where I've had. Um, I get. You know, it's taken me years to be able to let a co- a cop car get behind me. You know, because of so many times of of living the life I led, I ended up in very scary situations, and I didn't even realize I was doing it at the time. And now it's more like. Even trauma creeps in when I don't even know that what's going on. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's where that came from. But yeah, I gotta I definitely have to say like it's a learning life is a learning experience. We go through a lot of things, and if we wish and wish we wouldn't have gone through them, we'd still be wishing and wishing and and we wouldn't be moving forward. So thank you for that, Sarah. Um, I wanna. I want you to
0: like do a little pivot and maybe share what inspired you to open your business and and how how your role as a mother has evolved from the time you came out of rehab last
2: to where it is to to where it is today. Okay. Um so what inspired me is actually Um, like I was mentioning, um, my self-healing, my self-healing, uh, the things that I started learning, um, while I was sick, while I needed it. Um, I was actually, um, I have a best friend that I, that I, um, lost with, um, she passed with cancer at the time we were both sick together. Um, so me and her would, I would kind of be like, we would, it and we'd kind of like make plans for our future um once we weren't you know once we got through our our sicknesses and we talked about moving to Colorado like or on a beach you know and I'd have a shop and um I've always been very drawn to um to little fun shops and and I wanted to always do you like festivals I liked, you know whatever it is um, but I'm, I'm kind of, I like the hippie stuff. I like the, I like the, um, things that you don't find in normal settings, I guess. It's some stores that you like, you walk through, beaded curtains and, you know, it's, it's just different. Um, so I had a, I had a picture in my head of the kind of merchandise that I wanted to have and, um, and be, and I was kind of in my recovery time I had turned my I had a little she shed that I turned into my craft shack so I sat and I I did I did crafty stuff I you know I took time to like know what I wanted to do and then I just kind of started making goals um then um in, in my in my healing process I came across um a Facebook post one day about about a reiki about, about reiki, I had no idea what it was, no clue, and I was in a mode where I like to challenge myself every once in a while. Be like, okay, you need to step out of your comfort zone and do something. And I had been staying at home. Actually, I was pretty much introverted. I would only leave the house every once in a while. um My John will make jokes because it was always only with my mother, um, and it was normally shopping. <laughs> um but anyway so I I went and I did this class um and I had no idea what to expect honestly it was kind of uh uh it was an interesting experience that if he, I felt like it was like an onion moment for me it started pulling back layers of things um I'd sit outside and be like I started feeling like I was connecting to nature. I was connecting to something different than, than what I, my norm was, you know, I, um, I kind of, I've always been, like had, I've had paranormal experiences and different things, but I really started feeling like a peace this time instead of, um, a scary thing. Uh, it was just peaceful and, that started a whole whole web of holistic healing there was chakras there's essential oils there's crystals um i can't even name everything but tarot like i just really delved into metaphysical and holistic healing for myself and so that created these things in my shop along my journey and i keep adding them people keep coming to get them um, interested in them and learning about them and it's just it's what happened it's what has been created I don't know that I really like all of those things that she's
0: mentioned she sells at Holistic Gypsies I so do. crystals tarot cards yeah incense she has great incense there um, crystal jewelry so Sarah thank you so much so I just want to go over a little bit of a recap before we finish, um, some key takeaways. So I'm going to say some things that I got from your talk today, from your sharing, and you can fill in any blanks that I might um, create. So one thing that I got that you, you went to rehab a couple of times and, um, but the last time you went was a critical time and you got very very sick you contracted an infection and pneumonia and you had endocarditis so you had to have a heart valve replaced and then you basically had to do a complete like physical as well as mental and emotional rehab at the time and that during the time when you were going through that um surgery and and Prior to the surgery and post surgery, you had to make a commitment because because doctors were literally at a at a point where they were like, "Is it even going to be worth it for us to try to save her?" Right. Yeah, and absolutely. and so you made the choice because you you knew you had your kids and you felt like you were doing okay, and then all of a sudden everything just went to hell, basically yeah and yeah. so now um now you have a a good relationship with your kids they're they're older not that much older but they're older Kai just graduated from high school um and and Eric is is 23 is has he turned 24 yet 24 almost 24 mm-hmm. Excellent. so So do you want to just mention briefly something about your how your
2: relationship with them evolved after your recovery? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I was home. I mean, it gave me a time to be home with my kids. Um, It gave me a time. I felt like even though I was at home, though, there was a lot of times where I I was. I was sick. I would, you know, my kids um they seen what i went through um it it took a toll it took a toll on us um like i was i had mentioned um you know doing the reiki when i learned reiki um and starting to peel back things something that came the start memories started coming back to me about about things that i had done um Or times that I wasn't paying that close of attention to my kids um, during my addiction and when I was at home recovering. And that was a turning point for me. Uh, It was like, these are, you know, I can't get back these times. I can't, you know, I can't go back. I've caused havoc and, um, and I can, all I can do is just from this day forward, it was like then. That I really felt like my heart, the heart chakra was definitely, was definitely activated during that time. And that at that time it was like, I'm going to put my, my love, my energy into my kids and wonderful and my family, my business, my life, everything. And that was when I really just, yeah, I, I, that's, I don't know, they had, they they had so many, they had years where I, you know, was kind of like, I let him get away with a lot of stuff. And then all of a sudden mom's like <laughs> <laughs> present in every, you know, as much as I can. And, and now I'm, and now I feel like I'm, I'm empty nesting and learning a whole nother life, not, you know, so. But yeah, there is something that, that like really stuck out to me though, that it was really hard. Um, when I had just came out of my heart surgery, uh, I was, aw- I was aware of my surroundings. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't of course speak and I was in, you know, I had a tube and, and I, I was, my eyes were closed, everything, but I could feel my kids and my family around, around me at that time. And it's, I still, like get really emotional about it, but the, like, I was like, I don't know if it's an, it was an out of body experience or whatever, but I can almost like, like I could see my kid, I could see my son, um, crying, even though I wasn't like awake, I could, it was almost like I could, I was there, but I wasn't, I don't know, but I have a memory of literally watching him leave my hospital room and standing by my bed and, and that I d- can't explain, but it's the worst feeling ever. You know, and that's why I said, you know, addiction is, is self-medicating. It's doing these things because we think our bodies can handle it. And and we don't really know exactly what we're putting in our bodies at any given time, you know, unless we, you know, whether it's even pharmaceuticals, whether it's anything. So just the awareness awareness of, of what we're doing to our bodies in the long run. Well, thank you, Sarah
0: Bianca. Do you have any other questions for Sarah? No, we should probably
1: have a like, catch up one of these while we talk about your paranormal experiences. Though,
0: <laughs> and I just want to say, Sarah belongs to the Henry County Paranormal Society. So, <laughs> oh, love that! Very cool. Yeah,
2: we that's we actually cool. we actually COVID took our group out. Um, we haven't been able yeah, in our in our our El Presidente actually moved. So, so one, day, one day we'll have to start up a paranormal group again, but I've had, like, we definitely had some fun doing that. Definitely recommend. Uh, that. I mean, 100%. I mean, 100%. I mean <laughs> but, you know, it would be awesome, it'd be awesome. Yes, that would be
0: fantastic. So I just wanna say thank you so much, Sarah, for being so open and honest and so kind, sharing your story with us. Um, I know that it's not the easiest thing for you to talk about, but it it's going to be so helpful for someone out there and probably more than one someone. And again, I want to say to all of the people who are watching out there, please leave your comments. Let Sarah know how much you appreciate her for sharing her story. Ask any questions that you might have. If If you have a private question or a personal question, send it to us in a direct message um, and it'll be private. And then we can get back to you. And if you have a similar story to share, please share that with us as well, because all of us sharing women supporting one another, this is helpful. This helps all of us grow and feel supported and cared for. And I, I want to ask you to continue to join us every Wednesday. For Women's Wisdom Wednesdays, where we are sharing survival stories from women all over the globe, over 40, over 50, and over 60. And we want you to come along with us and discover the remarkable journey of these resilient women who have triumphed over challenges and emerged stronger than ever, just like Sarah. We want you to be inspired, uplifted, and empowered as we share their incredible incredible stories of survival. So don't miss next week, same time, 12 p.m. Central Standard Time, 6 p.m. UK, 9 p.m. UAE, when our guest is going to be Chris Carton, who is going to talk to us about her remarkable journey of living the second time, five years now, through cancer. So mark your calendars and join us right here and I am going to just ask you again, excuse me, remember together we can navigate the challenges, celebrate the successes, and thrive as women on our journey to surviving womanhood. And once again, Thank you, Sarah. It has been fantastic. Yeah, thank um, you. Can't wait to watch this again. We will have a shareable version in the next day or so, and I will share it with you straight away. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Sarah.
2: Thank you. Thank how you, how do you all what? so much. so. I just I get to rambling, so I, like hope I hit on the questions that and off you know squirrels and everything. So <laughs> it was wonderful. It was you wonderful. Thank Sarah. you.
0: Great. Yeah, who wants to see you next week, same time, same channel, Surviving Womanhood, Ladies' Choice. Have a wonderful ride.